Hi guys, and thank you so much for joining me on Geordie Happiness Hero. I'm so excited to have you here. I love reading Time with the Queens, and I'm so glad that you took the time out to be with me and talk to me and to my listeners about your experience with this group. Um, I became aware of your group during COVID, actually. Everybody was on lockdown, and I kind of started following your journey. And then I moved across the country, and I kept following your journey because I think you have a great organization. And part of the reason I feel this way is because I'm very passionate about literacy. Literacy is my jam. I am an educator uh, by trade, and my speciality, my emphasis is literacy. And so it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And I have a deep, not just a passion, but a deep belief in the power of literacy. And so anybody who is going out of their way to bring literacy to kids and to reach kids and to reach people in every demographic is just so important to me. It's it's very touching to me. It's very important. And I wanted to shine a light on the good that your organization does and that, and the, just the wonderful human beings that you all are for this good that you're doing. And so with me today, I have Sierra Tanner, who is also known as Mr. Lance during reading time with the Queens. Thank you so much for being here. And Jody Dunn, who is also known as Mr. Buster during reading time with the Queens. I'm very appreciative to have you here. And they're, like I said, their group promotes literacy and learning in Pocatello, Idaho, but in also in the surrounding areas. And it's reaching way farther because it's reaching me over here in North Carolina and I'm all the way across the country from you. And so I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourselves a little bit. And once you've introduced yourself a little bit, go ahead and give us three random facts about you. Do you want to go first? Uh, Sierra, you want me to go first? Uh, sure, I guess I can go. That's fine. Um, okay, like we talked about, yeah, my name is Sierra. Um, during reading time, I do go by the name Mr. Lance because I am a drag king, so I am presenting as a male. Um, so throughout this, you can use either name. Either one is fine. Um, yeah, so three random facts about me. Okay. Um, you know, we kind of go back to like elementary school with the ones that when we used to do this all the time. Um, okay, I still have never broken a bone. I am nearly 30 years old and I have never broken a bone. Um, that's kind of fun. And something else that I am super proud of is I am, uh, I don't know if this is okay to say, you can tell me if it's not. Um, I am an ex-religious person. I am an ex-Mormon. Um, which is something I am proud of, and that's actually kind of integral to my my drag journey. Um, not so much with reading time, but personally, it was. And um, third thing, um, I don't. I really like gummy bears. I don't. There's a package of gummy bears sitting over there. So <laughs> it's something that I almost always have on hand. So they're. There, there we go. So we're gonna go ahead. We'll we'll switch over to Jody. Yeah, my name is Jody Dunn. Um, for reading time, I go by Mr. Buster. Let's see. Fun facts: I am a U.S. Army veteran. I am also a drag king. I perform with an amazing group of other drag king performers called Four of a Kind. And ooh, what's another fun fact? 
I have a cat named Poe, because um, Edgar Allan Poe is one of my favorite authors. So. <laughs> you had That's me at favorite authors. Fact. Oh, they're great facts. I loved all of them. Gummy bears, fantastic. All of those facts. You might great, see great my cat at some point. I am in his chair, so if you see a cat pop up, he might show up. He'll be part of the podcast, and I'm totally okay with that. And he'll be part of the podcast because from here on out, there will always be a video element to every single one of my episodes because, and another reason I'm grateful for you guys, you guys taught me something without even knowing you were teaching me something. A couple members of the board on Reading Time with the Queens are deaf. And I had never, it never occurred to me, like simply out of ignorance, maybe out of just like, maybe as a little bit ableist, maybe it was, I don't know what it was. But someone took the time to like bring up the fact that like they felt excluded from podcasts because as a deaf individual, unless there's a transcript, unless there's video, there's no way for them to access and to be a part of the podcast. And so I'm so grateful for reading time, teaching me one more thing, because from here on out, I will not exclude people. If I, if I'm, if I know about it and I can change it, I will not, I will not do that. And so from here on out, I'm going to make a concerted effort to always have videos of every podcast and to have transcripts so that any any person can access the stuff I'm putting out there because I want them to be able to, because I'm trying to put stuff out there that helps people find happiness in their lives and explore happiness in their lives and to build happiness in their lives and to battle heroically for happiness in their lives. And I feel like everybody, everybody should be able to access that. And so again, I just had to throw that out there and I'm sure there's plenty of other podcasters who had, that has never even occurred to them. Just like me, they're out of ignorance, just out of, ableist being ableism i don't know i don't know what the right term is but i want hopefully calling all podcasters make it accessible to everyone you know if you're sharing something good share that good with everyone all right thank you for your random facts i loved i that's one of my very favorite parts of every single episode is just hearing random facts about people because every person is so unique and amazing and it's so fun to hear fun little tidbits about them. I love that. Okay, so the quote of the day for this episode, of course, has to do with literacy because I am a passionate lover of of literacy and learning and and reading and all things dealing therewith. But the quote of the day is, literacy in itself is no education. Literacy is not the end of education or even the beginning. By education, I mean an all-around drawing out of the best in the child and man, body, mind, and spirit. And that is from Mohandas Karamshad Gandhi. And I loved that because, of course, I think literacy is wicked important. And I will fight for literacy like it's an equalizer. It's a, you know, everybody has a right to literacy. and But it's not the end-all be-all. What education is, is drawing out the best in a child or a man of you know an adult human drawing out the best and so i want you guys to tell me how does reading time with the queens not just promote literacy but how does how do they promote that pulling out the best in a child or a, a person how do they do that like tell me tell me all the things okay um i guess i can well I'll take the lead on this one for a second um, because it our main goal is is literacy um, 
as we've you know kind of been talking about, but um, it's also a little bit more in the way of uh, acceptance, I suppose is a good way to put it. Um, we want to create a space for people to not only learn from from books, but also learn in, in general, learn socially, learn signs. Um, the, the main goal is to just learn and accept and understand all sorts of things. Um, so we have several representation representations of all sorts of people. Um, we have kings, we have queens, we have non-binaries, we've, you know, the whole gambit. So we really focus on not only literacy through the books we read, um, but also literacy and understanding of people and the LGBT community, because we have a little bit of everything and we encourage not only children, but any any human who is curious about drag or the community in any way, shape or form. We really uh, encourage those sorts of people to show up and come see our program because we're going to teach you all sorts of things through books, through signs, and we try to pick a unique range of books as well. They're usually LGBT related if we uh, can swing that, but there's also just fun books. I got to read on one of mine, one of my all time favorite books, which is Mike Mulligan and his steam shovel. So we try to pick books that are not only just about LGBT, but also just the world. Um, we really try to show anybody who's willing to listen that there's still a lot to be learned and we're willing to be the teachers if they're willing to listen. I love that. I love it. If they're willing to listen is a big part of it, but I love that. And I love the representation aspect of it, that there's all kinds of different people that are being represented. Because like, if you're a kid or an adult who sees that and sees, oh, they're living who as who they are and they're, they're happy and they're spreading joy, they're spreading light, spreading learning, um, it's very powerful. It's very powerful. If someone can feel seen and feel not alone, that is a life-changing and life-saving in a lot of a lot of instances, a life-saving act. Yeah, and to add on top of that, I think um, we've all kind of talked about as a collective group amongst the Reading Time board members that it's about diving into that diversity that we see every day in our communities on top of literacy. And then being like a, a trans person myself, um, having like that ability to kind of demystify like some of the, the preconceived notions of what it is to be a trans person, a trans masculine person in that regard, um, and kind of be an example out there in the world that being you can, you can be creative as an adult, you can be artistic, and then you can also be different and be like living the best life that you can live, you know, like, as you hear a lot of negative comments, um, just in general, you know, from like the world around us, especially like in a lot of politics right now. And so a lot of like trans youth are having all these negative messages and so for them to see an adult that's just like them and like out there being authentic and being true to themselves it shows them that like if they can get over these like negative messages or they can kind of like skim underneath of them then they can be successful they can have a life that they're told right now that they can't have you know what i mean 
And it's like, even for adults, like, you know, like some older adults we see are coming out more and more and more because they're like, oh, I see myself in media. I see myself in movies, all this other types of representation that we now are having aside from like what we had in the past. So that's like really cool to be that type of like kind of sounding board for other people to, to take note and to kind of start living authentically themselves in some way that they feel like they've had to hide. Love it. I love the living authentically and not feeling like you have to hide. Like, oh, that needs to be the world that we all get to live in, that we get to live as ourselves, that we don't have to hide. And that every every person, every kid, every kid inside, because even the adults, they have that inner child, like they deserve to be able to live as themselves, right? And I think that's beautiful that that's happening. You mentioned the political climate right now, and I I don't ever want this to become a podcast that just dwells on the negativity. Like, that's not what it's here for. It's here to, like, shine the light, to shine the good, to shine the happy. But how are your feelings? I would like to know, as members of this community, how are your feelings about the current political climate and the bills that are currently in the legislature that are, you know, how is it affecting both of you individually? I mean, I, I think Jody would probably have more to say on this than I would um, with being a, a transhuman. Um, but I, uh, something that was discussed today, I recently came from a dra uh, drag brunch performance um, and we did a number that um, was put together by my girlfriend that went, uh, that was kind of talking about political sort of things. And we all had signs about how, you know, we're angry and drag is not a crime and that sort of thing. So it is kind of something that's on my mind because this was just a few hours ago. Um, the bills that they're writing are intentionally vague. They're calling it drag so that they can, they can attack people who don't look like people think they should look like. And, um, that's, that's difficult and scary for me, even as a human who presents as the gender they were born as, but just occasionally sometimes wants to paint my face as another gender. Um, and I get, I get incredibly angry and sometimes scared because my stepson's father, not biological father, <laughs> the people we consider my stepson's fathers are trans. And um, depending on how far they want to take this, that could mean that because because I'm a drag performer, so is his mom and his parents are his other parents are trans. Where is he going to go if they decide that they want to take this this far? Um, so you know that's that's what concerns me the most. Um, but I <laughs> I try really hard not to dwell on that. Um, because this is my little family and we're going to fight to the death to keep it. And <laughs> I hope it never comes to that, but if it does, it does. And this is something that I am willing to do that for. So, you know, it sucks that we're here, but here we are. I mean, yes, yeah, I could see Eric go off a lot about this, <laughs> um, but I'll try and keep it short and brief because we don't want to spend a lot of time, as you said, uh, Jordy, on the negativity, um, but it's good to kind of like bring it kind of forefront and kind of face it a little bit. 
Um, being like a trans person and seeing like trans youth targeted, it I feel like it's a cop out for adults to be bullies in a certain way towards a group of individuals that they don't necessarily understand. Um, and a lot of this legislature isn't rooted in facts and science. It's a morale, I, idealistic descriptions that are very vague as, uh, as Mr. Lance pointed out. And it's done like that on purpose to be like to other, other people, right? It's to be like, I see you walking down the street and you look different and I can now kind of somewhat pick on you because there's legislature in place that says I'm allowed to do that because I have privilege. I have more privilege than you as even a child, an adult picking on children, I think is just poor, poor taste. Um, it, it's not a, a good look for adults to be picking on children that are different than them and they are scared that their children are gonna somehow, it's gonna get rubbed off on their children. And it's just so, so sad to see that we're like kind of hearing these these remarks that you see back in like the 1950s and 40s of, about like, you know, you know, queer people um, and things like that when homosexuality was, um, was against the law to, to be out in public and have that public space. And I saw like this Instagram reel and uh, this, this female person of color, I think said it the best of like, a lot of cis white people, straight people have gotten so comfortable with people being in the closet that now that people are coming out and they're living authentically and they're showing themselves to the world, they don't know how to to live because it makes them uncomfortable that people are living authentically right now, right? And I think that that happens. And then a lot of these bills, because they're not rooted in, med in science and by medical professionals, that people are just going online, Googling every surgery a trans person can receive at some point in time in their life. And they're going, this is what medical professionals are doing to children, to youth, and it's going to sterilize them. And it's going to cause all these problems and so on and so forth. And I was like, no medical professional is ever going to sign off to have this stuff done to youth. I have had, you know, gender affirming surgeries um, to feel authentic in myself and in my identity. But I was also above the age of 18. I was in my late 20s, early 30s um, when I started those procedures for a lot of different reasons. Um, but no medical professional is going to do this to somebody that's like 13 years old and things like that. They're going to take the necessary precautions that they put into place by, you know, the World Health Organization, by pediatri pediatric associations for medical professionals and things like that, that they're like, this is the standard of care to affirm youth's gender identity in this moment. And then if they keep, and then if we progress and it keeps going, then we can dive into these. But it's like the nuances of like, you're taking power away from medical professionals by criminalizing them, as well as adults trying to, and parents trying to protect their children and save their children, right? And I think it comes down to that. And a lot of these bills are, you see a lot of trans women being the fire for it. Not a lot of trans masculine people are in this conversation. It goes back to trans feminine individuals that you can easily see are different, um, you know, later in life. And because of those like secondary sex characteristics of going through puberty as uh, the gender identity that they don't identify with. And so those 
those things are real and those those things you can't change right um whereas if you have youth going through these these processes then it's harder to pinpoint the others that are out there in the world um and i think that's what it kind of comes down to so i'll leave it yeah. at that is that we're picking on a lot of people that shouldn't be picked on <laughs> yeah and I, I noticed you said something about fear and i think that that's like a huge component is and fear is a lot of times spurred by ignorance and then ignorance and then fear and fear is a powerful powerful uh motivator for hate and so i mean it's all kind of a slippery slope right there and a lot of people are just it's so uncomfortable that for them to like push out of their what they're what they you know their belief system or what they are used to like their comfort zone is so uncomfortable to push out of that and to like learn sometimes edu sometimes educating yourself is very very uncomfortable but if you don't do it you get trapped in that fear site, you know, that become victim of your own fear and you become hateful without even knowing it because you're ignorant and you're afraid and then you become hateful. And the only way to cure that, in my opinion, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just a person, but I, but my opinion is, is the only way to cure that is with educating yourself. Like how, how many of these people have sat down in a room and been friends, you know, you, you know, formed friendships, formed, even acquaintances, you know, with people who are different from them. You know, how much time have they spent with people who are different from them? How much reading have they done? Like, if you if you don't live in an area where you're exposed to those things, you can read about it. Like, there's books, there's literature. You can you can experience and learn about different perspectives that are not your own perspective. It's out there. You just have to choose to do it. And a lot of people are too scared to do that. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to ask you, how did each of you get started with Reading Time with the Queens and how has it shaped you since you've since you've joined this organization? You have a better story than I do, Jody. You've been there since the beginning. I'm new. So why don't you go ahead and take the lead on this one? Um, well, let's see. Sure, I can take the lead. I know Callie and Mr. Zay. Um, they are two of my really good friends. Um, Callie and I met um when they were like a freshman in college so it's been over a decade and i've seen the infancy of the two of them just going themselves um into the library and, and creating like this little reading time with the queens program using their platform of their titles that they held at the time um create something really cool that they both thought that they needed um as children and then um to where we are today it's a, a really great thing to see us expand and to start reaching other communities um, and having other communities ask us to come up to them um, and seeing the impact that it has on not only like children, seeing like adults be creative and like their eyes just light up and kind of people getting comfortable with being around other um, diverse types of individuals and that education piece I think is super huge um, and just, seeing everyone like kind of come in there they're like really hesitant and now people are like celebrating us right and they're like oh we want to help you what can what, what can we do to support you and so it started like maybe maybe two three people you know children families coming and now it's branched off into this more diverse larger group that's really cool to kind of see how it started with just you know one song two books and that was it and morph into this like really cool organization that it is today. So it's really awesome to see. On that note, 
will you walk us through like what a typical reading time with the queens contain like what it persists of or my brain's not firing today i don't but why well, i can't speak yeah. <laughs> but tell us what does a typical reading time with the queens look like let's see um well yesterday we did a program um and so what comes what happens is we ask families children to sh uh, come 30 minutes before the program starts so that way they can do the craft. So we have a table set up somewhere near the door. So that's the first thing that everyone sees as they go to the craft table. They see Miss Barb. Miss um, Barb walks them through each person that comes up to the table. They, no matter where they're at, she stops and she's really polite and she gets them taken care of. And then after they're done with the craft, they move kind of over into the reading space. Um, children are encouraged to sit in front where the performers will be performing and they can see the books a little bit easier. But then we have some t um, chairs set up for those that want to, you know, just kind of hang back. Uh, parents hang back on the chairs if their children want to hang back with them. And then Miss Callie starts off with the reading time theme song. Um, and then after that, we introduce everybody. Um, then we go from there, we go to um, learning some signs that are involved or themed for the books that we're reading. Um, and then we have one to two readers, sometimes three readers. Uh, read books and then after one or two books there's a song that kind of is like inspired by the books and then uh, Callie finishes it off with a lovely parting song for everybody and sometimes there's some dancing involved <laughs> uh, sometimes there's a kazoo involved so it just depends on how uh, Callie's inspired to be that creative um, in that creative space and, and uh, get into the, the theme that we did. So it was super cool. Oh, stories, stories and crafts and dance and singing and learning some American Sign Language. That's amazing. That's amazing. Like, why would you not want your child to be exposed to that? Like, that's beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, and actually, when I was in high school, uh, there was a elderly, deaf individual in my town, and at the time, I was involved in religion, and I was religious and things like that, and as a high schooler, like, I can't believe I was mature enough, but as a high schooler, I used to go, like, several nights a week, and I had basketball practice. I was, like, a straight-A student. I was a student by prison. Like, I had so much crap going on, too, but I went several nights a week, and I learned American Sign Language at the church from somebody who wanted to teach me so that I could go to church and, like, interpret for this elderly man so that he could you know participate in like the church services and stuff and i've lost a lot of it because i haven't kept up on it or practiced but i would love to learn it again i would come to reading time with the queens just to relearn all of the american sign language that i lost but honestly the stories and the dancing and the music that also <laughs> that's that's my jam right there that's my jam i want to know what is your fate for each of you what is your favorite part of being a part of this organization and then what is your least favorite part Okay. Um, <laughs> the fact that you're laughing makes me nervous. Um, so we'll just kind of jump back before I answered that one because they're all kind of interrelated. Um, when I, I joined Reading Time, jeez, um, oh was it 2021? I guess it must have been. Um, because I had sort of gotten uh, similar to you. I had kind of found them during COVID. Um, I... Pre-COVID, I was I was living here 
Um, and then COVID happened and I went back to Nevada to live with my parents for a few years, just kind of hunker down and stay safe. Um, and I, I uh, was kind of sort of aware, but it was something that was just on the fringes of my reality. And uh, so during COVID, I was, you know, endlessly doom scrolling on your phone, as you do. And um, one of my other friends had posted a video that they had made because during COVID, we were doing remote videos. And I was like, okay, but this is amazing. It was, they were actually reading one of my favorite books. And, you know, you'd think I'd remember the name of it if I, it was one of my favorites, but it was the Western theme and it had something to do with like an armadillo. And I... I remember I was like, no, I remember that book. Like I used to read that book a lot when I was a kid. Like, sure, I'll watch. Okay, why not? Somebody wants to read to me, why not? Who cares? So I, I watched it and I was like, this this is fun. They're all having the time of their life over here. Like they're all just best friends reading books. And then shortly after I moved back and I got involved in drag and my life kind of started taking a different direction than what I had previously expected it would. Um, there was a post where they were like, hey, we're expanding. We need people. Um, and we're looking for, you know, we have all queens mostly. So we're looking for people who can represent kings or maybe somebody a little bit different that we haven't had the experience to talk to yet. And me as a little drag baby, having only done this maybe like for like a month or two at the time and um, was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. I'll do it. That sounds like fun. So uh, Callie and I corresponded and we had an interview and it and here we are. Um, so so it, it's a, it kind of turned into something that I didn't think that I mean, drag in general turned into something that I didn't think I would love or be a complete as big part of my life as it has. Um, so you know, reading time was just kind of something because I was exploring all areas of drag and I was going through some personal things. I was leaving a relationship. I was leaving religion. I was kind of going through a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, more, more than that, I just need, I need friends. I need camaraderie. I need people who can help me understand who I am, um, which is something that we do on a regular basis. That is one of the main purposes of reading time is to help people understand that other people are different. And if you are like us, that's awesome. Um, so I was kind of uh, yeah, I, so I just kind of fell into it after that, and um, yeah, so here here we are. Um, but I think that's, honestly, that's, uh, to answer your other question, I think that's my favorite part, is that we're all just, we're best friends. Like, <laughs> we, we, for the most part, I mean, there are days where, you know, we all kind of hate each other, but that happens. <laughs> I, that happens with my siblings. So, but it's usually because we are all so determined to try and get where we need to go. And everybody has such the, the best ideas, but we don't know how to fit all of our ideas together. So we kind of butt heads a little bit about it, trying to figure out how to get the best possible answer for, for the people who, who view these sorts of things. So it's all, it, it all means well. Um, but I think that's, that's my best, my, my favorite part of this is that like, I just found a whole community of the people that I needed when I was younger and didn't even know they were people that I needed when I was younger. Um, I mean, I guess in that we did kind of touch on what my least favorite parts are. <laughs> it is very, it's at it at its core reading time is an organization and there are forms and 
paperwork and we have to make sure, especially in the current political climate, that we're not doing anything that could be construed as inappropriate or it, they're already throwing enough things at us. We do not want to give them more ammo. So I think the my least favorite part of this is that we have to, the logistics, that's no fun. Nobody likes that. Nobody wants to do the paperwork signing and the money and the math. But I mean, in the end, it's all worth it because we're still here. So clearly we're doing something right. Oh man, such a hard follow-up. I'm still I'm still dreaming of those early days, Coria Jordy. There was no craft. I forgot to mention there was no craft. It was Callie, Mr. Zay, singing, doing signing, reading two books, and that was it. So it was kind of like I'm off into a little fairy tale land of long ago. <laughs> um Sierra, that reading time you saw, I had a curly mustache and I had a southern accent like nobody's business wearing a cowboy hat that was actually yes. Cali. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was a sheriff in that reading time. I was like cracking up laughing. I was like, man, I miss that mustache. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think my favorite part is I get to, you know, create. I'm not an overly creative individual. I'm creative in like certain spaces. I'm not artistic. I don't draw or anything like that. And so through drag and reading time, it kind of allows me to express myself in a very creative and unique way that I don't have an outlet for anything else, right? Um, so I think that that's important to me. And then, yeah, we're all like this little family. And uh, and that's really cool to have a unique group of friends that want to be creative with you. And then um, right now, I think as, as Sierra said, that the least favorite part about, about this organization is the logistics of it, of like having those difficult conversations. Um, it's a little bit easier, I think, for me to think about the unfortunate negative aspects of situations just because I was in the Army um, and I did deploy to Iraq for a period of time. So it's easy for me to want to just discuss those and figure out X, Y, Z things when it comes to those of like, what's the fire safety proud? I need to see this in person. I need it written down. I need a map. Um, we need to have that, all that information on hand. Um, we need to go over it an infinite number of times so everyone knows. And then when you think you've said it enough, you haven't said it enough um, to kind of plan for that worst case scenario. I mean, that's not easy for everyone to have those, those conversations. It, it brings a, an elevated level of emotions that it can be hard to, to work through um, on a personal level and in an organizational level. Um, and so I just try to be there for my friends that are a little bit more where they're hard on their sleeves as I as I don't necessarily all the time. Um, and I try to be their their little rock when they need to when we're having these difficult conversations. But I think that's the beauty of it is that we can rely on each other for that support um, when we don't think we have it anywhere else. So I think that's beautiful that both of you kind of your favorite thing about it's the camaraderie and the well and having a creative outlet but this the what i heard was that you guys both found a community and a camaraderie and a friendship and a family in it and i think that that's really a beautiful thing because everybody needs connection everybody everybody needs to feel that they belong somewhere 
Um, so my next question is what goals are you pursuing right now as an organization and in your personal lives? And attached to that is who do you want to be when you grow up? Because I am getting closer and closer to 40 and I still don't know who I want to be when I grow up. So I'm, I'm ready to hear you guys try to tackle that, <laughs> even though I can't. <laughs> Well, if you still don't know what you want to be when you grow up, that's bad news for me because I don't know if I know yet either. <laughs> um, I think something that I've always had um, in the back of my brain, especially with questions of when people say things like, who do you want to be when you grow up? Or what kind of example do you want to be? And that sort of thing was, I never had a specific person or goal necessarily in mind for myself, but my goal has always been, um, if I have made a difference in somebody's life, then that's it. I've done what I needed to do, whether that be like one small thing or big thing or anything, if there is any sort of positive difference that I have made in anyone's life. That's that was that's always been something that I have been reaching towards. So I don't know if there's necessarily a person example, what have you that I can look towards and be like, no, I want to be X, Y, Z, like this person. Um, I just want to. <laughs> this is going to be really morbid and I apologize, but I don't want to die in obscurity. <laughs> When that day inevitably comes far, far in the future, I don't want my obituary to be boring and sad and nothing. There's going to be stories that my grandkids will tell each other. And that's, I don't know who that person is that I want to be when I grow up. I guess if you want to be fortune cookie about it, I want to grow up to be me, um, which is part of the journey that I'm still on is finding out who I am. But as far as knowing who I want to be when I grow up, no idea. I just don't want to be a bad person. <laughs> That's the goal. Sierra, you missed like two questions, but I'm just kidding. You maybe engulfed them all into one. I'm just going to say that. Um, Let's see. Hmm. I think as an organization, I think right now we're just trying to to be where we're at in the space and learn how to navigate it um, and kind of see where that takes us. Um, but we've had tons of great support. And so I think that's really cool that we're just trying to hold our space where it is right now. We're not really looking forward to expanding or anything like that. That organizations really like to, to, to look forward to in the future. We're just trying to navigate this difficult time that we're in right now and then kind of see where that leads us. And I think that's kind of what we've always done is like, we're like, okay, we're doing this thing. Now where's the next step? What's this with this path taking us? And we're kind of like fluid in that sense as an organization, which I think is really cool. And then we, we uh, kind of do futuristic things on the fly. Uh, personal goals. Oh man, I don't even know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, <laughs> um, I have thought about going back to school um, and things like that recently, just to uh, for my master's of social work. I've thought about going back to school for to become a licensed clinician to to provide more open support for LGBTQ plus youth because I think that they need it the most. And in some rural spaces, it's harder to find those uh, 
open adult professionals to to put that out there and and i am from the pocatello community so a lot of people know me here so they know that i i feel like i they would know that i'm a safe individual to come talk to and they know that i i do drag and i'm a, I'm a trans individual and so they would be more comfortable coming and talk to me if i did be if i was able to enter in that space of counseling and stuff like that um but that's that's a take a day by day right now um and then who do i want to be when i grow up i'm kind of like uh sierra is that i just want to inspire other people to live authentically and um kind of demystify what it means to be trans especially in rural spaces i think i take a very privileged space of being able to kind of float around as as, a, as my cis counterparts get to float around in life um, and they don't necessarily know that they're interacting with a trans person but when people do find out um, that i am trans i hope that it sparks some like of those inner dialogues to challenge their views of what what it is to be a trans individual or what it means to know a trans individual um, and then inspire youth uh, to live authentically even though it is tough um, but it can be got done and it is not impossible to do and that they can still strive um, through those like kind of barriers that are put before them and kind of smash through them. I know I say it a lot, but I love that. I think I've said that like 50 times in this podcast already, but I do. I love that. I love that they can smash through it. And I love that you're considering going back and getting that masters in social social work so that you can help kids, especially in rural areas. Uh, I see my counselor through doctor on demand not an advertisement i'm not being paid but i use doctor on demand uh and i mean that's a great tool because from anywhere in your state if you're licensed in idaho from anywhere in idaho a kid even in those rural communities would be able to have that access to someone who they can see themselves in that they can relate to that they can you know connect with because that's so important in a counselor that's so so important i absolutely love that i love that you're even thinking about that i hope that if that's what's right for you i hope that you like fearlessly go after it and battle her heroically for that because i think that's great that you could you know do that and possibly save lives again change lives or save lives like that's that's what is on the table that's what could happen and as for your organization i hope that it keeps going and and you know keeps doing good keeps being something that a person or a child can see and can see themselves and learn and grow and even if even if they just go to hear a good story and sing a good song and dance a little dance and do a craft that is so good for every kid. So, so good. I'm a mother and an auntie, auntie and a teacher. And I can tell you in so many ways that there are so many kids that don't get that. They don't get that. Like every kid, every kid. I don't care what your walk of life is. Every kid benefits from that. Like these parents that are so against it. Like, are you singing and dancing with your kiddo? Are you reading books to your kiddo? Are you doing crafts with your kiddo? Like... And if you are, you're not going to be against someone else doing that. And if you aren't, they need it. Like they need it <laughs> because they need that quality time. They need someone to pay attention to them and love them and read to them. And they need to feel important for that hour. You know, it's so good. All right. What's one idea? This is a big question. I'm going to have you guys unmute yourself because you, you can't even hear the reactions. And I'm so hilarious. Like we need to hear how funny I am. <laughs> 
right, we're ready. We're ready. Okay. What's one idea? This is a biggie. What's one idea you think the majority of people get wrong? About the corporation? About us? About everything? Okay. About everything. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well... Yeah, that's a good It's question. a biggie. It's a biggie. <laughs> it can be about everything. It can be about anything. Just what is one idea that you think the majority of people get wrong? Especially, I guess, in our episode in relation to your community. Uh, I don't... See, this is where it would be good to have, like, weird little tidbits of, like, random facts of, like, what's something that everything gets wrong? I don't know. Potatoes don't grow the way you think they do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't have anything like that that I can think of right off the top of my head. I don't. I mean, I guess if we want to. I can't say what I was thinking because I am representing an organization right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Something that everybody gets wrong. Do you have any ideas, Jody? I mean, I could think of a few things, you know, depending on specific, um, you know, being part of my the communities I take up space in, right? Um, I think the overall arching thing to kind of connect um, what we've been talking about today is is that LGBTQ plus people are just like everybody else. They're strive, they're struggling, they're striving, they're trying to you know figure out their goals and things like that. And I think you know in some in some way that it's like this big old mystery what what LGBTQ plus people do and what they're they're striving for um, now in the great state of Idaho, you know. The potato state was actually the gem state, you know, mining and all that. <laughs> uh, but I think that's what it comes down to is that it's like LGBTQ plus people want what everyone wants. They want to live their best American dream. They want to have an education. They want to have a family. And they want to see those things reflected back in, you know, mass media. And they don't want to be fighting for every every little piece of their lives to be scrutinized and so I think that that's the whole thing when we get down to the nitty gritty of it is that everyone is on this on this earth striving for the same things, fighting for similar pieces of the pie, just in different ways. Everybody's just fighting for their own happiness. And some people have lost that will to fight. And that's why I want them to remember that it's worth fighting for whatever your walk of life is. And so I appreciate that you say that like, People are just people. And the best way to understand someone who is different from you is to spend some time with them. And if you can't spend time with them, learn about them in other ways, you know, break open a book, listen to a podcast, watch a movie, do what you got to do. Because the more we have compassion for each other and understand each other or try to like, we can't fully understand someone who's completely different from us, but we can understand them better by learning about them. Um, and I have to do, I still have so much learning to do. Uh, part of it's being emotionally mature enough to say, I know nothing. I know nothing. And I, I only have learning to do. And it's okay. It's okay to know nothing. It's okay to be uh, learning all the time. I always do this at the end of my episodes. And we're getting to that point. 
If you have the whole world's attention, we pretend that the whole world's going to listen to my podcast because that would be awesome. If the whole, you have the whole world's attention for two minutes. What are the three main takeaways you want to leave them with for this episode? Three. You only get three. So, like, you two can each come up with one and I'll come up with the last one. Three things that they can only take away three things from this and the whole world's <laughs> listening. So, better be good. <laughs> Are we summarizing the episode, or is this another, like, everything? Oh, uh, it's kind of both. You, if you, okay. if you just, if, whoever listens to this episode, and they can, if they're only going to take away three things, I always have a takeaway list. And okay. so I want you to come up with your number one takeaway you want people to take from this. I think the big takeaway is that drag is not harming your children. Being queer is not harming your children. The biggest harm that you can do to children or anybody is not listen. We are here to promote literacy and understanding and happiness because that's what we do. Drag is not harming your children. I guess that's the big thing. Drag is not harming your children. Drag is not harming anybody. Oh boy, that's tough. I'm gonna feel on the spot and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the big takeaway is for me, um, you know, breaking past barriers, I think is a huge takeaway is that you can live authentically and break through the barriers that are set before you. Um, I think that's my big takeaway or that I would want somebody to take away is that living authentically and and that's completely fine and great and wonderful. And then any barriers that come before you smash through them. Oh, I love it. I, I say that so much, but I do, I do, because that's what this is about. Okay, so number one takeaway in summer, to summarize is drag is not harming your kids. Being queer is not harming your kids. Not listening is harming your kids. And this is statistically proven. This is statistically proven. I don't have it right in front of me. I wish I would have printed it out, but, you know, those things are not killing your kids, but not listening, not seeing, not trying to understand, that 100% is. And that's we want to spread love. We want to spread understanding. Like that's what's important. Uh, number two, break past the barriers, live authentically, smash the barriers. I love that. Like I need to make t-shirts now, smash the barriers, like hundred percent. That's so good. So good. One of my very best <laughs> friends on this planet, one of the people I love most on this whole planet is testifying before the legislature in Idaho. Uh, they were chosen. They are trans. One of my college roommates, I'm getting a little emotional. One of my college roommates, I love this human so, so, so much. Nick, if you listen to this episode, I'm behind you. I support you 100% all Absolutely. the way. That is amazing. You, you are standing for change. You are, like I said, changing lives, saving lives, you know, and that, that's important to me. Break those barriers, live authentically, smash those barriers. Thank you for that takeaway. My third takeaway is it's about love. It's about love and it's about learning. So 
Reading time is about love and it's about learning. And life in general is about love and is about learning. Like be open to those things. Be open to love, be open to learning. Because the only way any of us are gonna have happiness and spread happiness is by loving and being accepting of love and by learning, like be willing to learn, be willing to learn and be willing to teach and just open your hearts. Like it's a big, big thing, you know? So that's our, our three takeaways from this episode with each other, which I'm again, so, 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 so <laughs> grateful that you guys were willing to take time out of your busy schedules to talk with me in my closet for an hour. Like so good. And I did not mean that in any other way besides like, not that that would matter. <laughs> just kind of funny. I really am sitting in my closet podcasting and you can see it behind me. Just throwing I would spend it an hour with you in your closet any day. Yeah, yes. Always welcome. This has been Always fun. welcome. Always welcome. It's a, it's an yeah. open closet. Come anytime. Again. And thank you. Thank you for sharing your personal story about your friend. That's really cool and amazing. Yeah. Um, since, you know, not everyone, you know, was chosen to, to participate in that, in that, in giving their testimony. So that's really cool. And I hope it goes well for them. Yeah. yeah. They, Nixon, I love yeah. you, Nix. That's awesome. Um, something else is if you want to find out more about our organization, if you were curious, um, in my experience, this has been a good um, way for people to have a foray into drag and just understanding that like there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook that, will, that we post pictures of our crafts and what we're going to do, where we're going to be, when. So if you or anybody you know or anybody listening wants to... Uh, and we post videos after the after we do take videos day of and then a little bit later we post videos to YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So even if you can't or don't want to come to an in person event, you can still see what we do. Um, and we are very transparent about what we do, obviously, because there's no reason to not be so. Um, you can you can find out more about us there. Um, you can message the page or if you have any other questions and uh, we can most certainly try and help you go in the right direction. We are we are absolutely a safe space and we'd love to see you there. So is there any other way our listeners can support you and support reading time with the Queens? I always like to ask that. So I'm glad you said that because it reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> um I think I think that would be the best way. We do have uh, Miss Callie does have a red bubble store. So that if you are looking to um support us monetarily there is that as well you can buy merch and all of that goes straight to miss Callie the who then puts it straight towards us um and that's that's also not a bad idea honestly given our political climate there's nothing on there that's crazy some of our faces some designs we've made i made a design um based on one of miss Callie's favorite songs where she's just the the lyrics are you know i'm me i'm gonna do whatever i want so it's a little rainbow that says i'm me and we also have things that say reading time with the queens. We have things with our faces. So if uh, you want to support us monetarily, that is uh, something that you can do as well. And again, you can find all of those links. We have a website too, um, which some people may feel more comfortable doing. But me personally, I like to interact through the social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So I think that would be the best way is um, show up to an event, 
um, if you want to. We do have, uh, because of things that have been going on, we do have some subgroups of people who we can, if you are interested in doing things like we have groups of people holding umbrellas outside of our events so that should there be any protesters, um, the kids don't see them. We have, so we have a, an umbrella brigade. Uh, so if you're interested in doing anything like that, if you're interested in helping us anyway like that, just reach out, come find us. We'd love to talk to you. So, I, but I think the best way is just be there. Watch the videos, share the videos. Um, I've had a lot of family members recently start coming around and like my my parents are still super religious. Um, <laughs> and they even they've started sharing the videos of like, look what my kid is doing and things like that, because we're a safe space and we absolutely want to show everybody that there's nothing to be afraid of. We're not out to harm anybody. Excellent. Yeah, there, there's uh, we do have a Venmo reading time with the Queens Venmo. You can find us there. Um, and then if you would like. Um, a protect dragon Idaho shirt. You can find that on bonfire as well. Um, so there's those two other plugins that um, Sierra didn't discuss. So I just wanted to add those little tidbits in there if you'd like to donate um, Thank you. a dollar or anything like that. So then there is ways and then you can order a protect dragon Idaho shirt and represent that and rock it. Um, it's going to come in a very lavender t shirt color with white lettering. It's amazing. Um, and so there's also that option. Awesome. Thank you. I have a tradition at the end of every episode that I would, it's a ritual and I would love to have you guys participate with me. Um, I have you put, and I thank you again so, so much for being here. When this episode releases, it will release Tuesday. When it releases, I will also tirelessly make sure that it's released in video form and transcripted. And thank you again so much for being here and for all that you do. And I have you put your hands on your chest. And then repeat after me. I matter. I matter. I matter. I am loved. I am, I am loved. loved. I am enough. I am I enough. I am enough. Awesome. I feel like I had to close my eyes during that whole entire thing. Yeah, yeah I always do. <laughs> I always do. And then you feel it in your whole body because it's true. And I appreciate you. And I'm sending you all the love from North Carolina. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us, yep. Jordy. Of course. We love you yes. too. Yeah, we do this at the end of all of our meetings. This is the I love, I love you. you. Yeah. Notice how that you. was just our habit because we're all on a screen. So we're just like, bye guys. Like we say bye. that to each other all the time. That's the I my love daughters, you. We... My daughters and I already have a plan that when they each turn 18, we're all getting I love you sign language tattoos, like matching tattoos. That's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. That's mm -hmm. cute. Thank yeah. you. All right. So, so yes, thank, thank you, you so much. We're, yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs>